Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Welcome, welcome, everyone. This is Irene Weinberg from Grief and Rebirth Podcast. And today we are going to try something new for all of you, which is to read stories from some of our listeners of grief and rebirth and how they have made it through uh, different, very devastating things that have happened to them, which is the whole point of grief and rebirth is to tell people that is to have all of you know that you don't have to stay in your swamps of suffering and you can move through to um, better, better lives. So I, the first story, unless Stephanie, would you like to speak before we get started? Well, hi. Yes, I am your surprise guest co-host That's today. That's true. I've been very rude. <laughs> this is my surprise guest co-host is Stephanie Barnhart, who is back from uh, from all her technological duties of saving me and grief and rebirth to join us yeah. for this good to be episode. Back. I think it's fun to just, you know, like you said, we're doing a little fun little mini-sode. Uh, you're going to read some stories from all your listeners out there. And um, if you guys like this, let us know. If you want to share your story, please do. Um, they can also be anonymous. Um, you can send these over to hello at IreneWeinberg.com or also through our social media. But I think it's really inspiring and we pick these three um, because it's important to see that we're all humans. We all go through these um, different moments of grief. So it's not just losing a loved one or, you know, I mean, there, it goes from everything from divorce to your health to, you know, all these, I don't know, you know, lots of different things, right? You're the expert. I'm the expert. Well, we're, you know, I would just say that it, with grief and rebirth, we interview grief and trauma experts, mediums, healers, and people who have inspiring stories to tell. So we're going to, from our own listeners, give you three inspiring stories. Yes. And I'm going to also reference some of the healers and people on the podcast who whose own stories correspond with these so that you can see how people can get help to heal through the wonderful people we've been interviewing on the podcast. Which I think is really important to pinpoint because these audience viewers and listeners are sending us their stories, but we're able to, like you said, correlate these back to other healers and stuff on your podcast because grief is just an overall encompassing type of emotion, no matter what the trauma is that you experience. And we have or you have actually just interviewed and met so many great people that are out there that can help you through your swamp. Like That's you right. I mean, I have to say that the, it's been so incredible meeting amazing people and talking with them. So, and I love sharing them with all of you. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from our listeners that some, uh, some of them, we even had uh, a, um, a listener in New Zealand contact one of the people, one of our interviewees, 
and they are working together That's now. That's amazing. Which is amazing. And other people have told me they're listening to the podcast and they've had different losses in their lives and it's keeping them going. And this is just so, this is why I started this. And this is, Stephanie, mm-hmm. it's like so heartwarming. Oh, it's amazing. Just listening to your podcast every day, like, just make me feel better. I yeah. like it when I'm driving. It's very soothing. Yeah, that's what that. a lot of people tell me. And and the podcast is flourishing because of all of you. And I have to tell you how grateful we are that all of you are listening and that we're able to provide some comfort and solace and healing advice in a way to you. So with that, let me start with our first story. Mm-hmm. And this comes from a listener named Amanda Birkin who shares her story about her eating disorder. And she sent it to us actually after our interview with Audrey Zona, who you'll find on the podcast. I believe that's episode 49. It was just last season. Right. And Audrey is a health and wellness coach who specializes in the psychology of eating. And she went through an eating disorder herself. It's worth noting here that the podcast is about grief and rebirth from life's challenges So here we go, opening up and talking about some of the more taboo topics on air. And let us hear from you about your own personal stories. Here comes Amanda. My story story goes way back and really began in high school where my disordered eating started. Through my childhood and teenage years, I always felt very alone and very misunderstood. I just wanted to belong but never felt like I quite fit in. Food was one thing I could control, and this control with food took over my life. I went through cycles of starving myself, binging, and repeating the process over and over. I never thought I would ever get out of this cycle. When I was 24, I had my beautiful daughter and was thrilled to be a mother. However, I held so much guilt after she was born because as my beautiful daughter laid there, I felt so disconnected. I felt some of the deepest, darkest depression I ever felt at a time I should have felt the happiest in my life. My eating was really out of control here, and that led to more shame because I didn't want my daughter to go through what I had. Through the, hit, through the binges, I cried as my daughter was there to witness. One day, it was like a light switch had gone off in me. I was ready to change. I was done with the life I'd laid out for myself. I was ready to change for myself, but also for my daughter and husband. I lost 90 pounds over a year's time and felt better than ever. It wasn't just weight loss, though. I really changed my habits and got into the mental aspect. After losing 90 pounds, my daughter and I were in a car accident. We were fine, but another switch flipped in me. After this experience, I was opened up to the spiritual world. This really took my life to the next level where I began to dive into my life's purpose. My purpose to help other people like myself who struggle with feeling like they can't dig themselves out. I want every single person to know how divine, whole, and complete they are. Recently, Amanda, this is from Irene, I'm saying to all of you, Amanda jumped into soul coaching, which she's incredibly passionate about. She helps her clients become empowered, realizing that they are more than their past. They're infinite souls worthy of their dreams. 
If you'd like to learn more or speak with Amanda, reach out to us at hello at griefandrebirth.com. And I have to say Amanda's story and her spiritual awakening during that car accident reminds me of mine mm-hmm. yeah. and the spiritual awakening. So, you know, we're, we're all, we all have our individual stories and in some ways we're all the same. It's amazing. No, I agree. And I think it's just worth, like I said, noting here that, you know, Amanda is relatable because, you know, like I said, her grief isn't with losing someone. It's with her own demons within herself um, and her self-perception. And I think one of the things you've always taught us from the beginning, Irene, is self-love and to love yourself first. And I think um, that's why I really loved the interview with Audrey, because she really goes into that, too, and how, you know, the weight loss and the eating is really a lot of the stress and the pressures and the things that you put on yourself. Um, And I mean, you can learn more by listening to that episode. But I found it just intriguing because even though you may not have a per se eating disorder, you may just be disorderly eating just because we're stressed. And especially as women, we put you know, a lot of that pressure on ourselves. And, you know, as Amanda said, becoming a mom, it kind of put more on her and she was depressed. And I think a lot of us can relate and kind of help each other and break that stigma of understanding. Yeah. And break the cycle. And in a way, if you think about grief being about loss, Amanda had lost her own self. Mm -hmm. So this was about how she found herself. And now she's using that knowledge and the insight she's gained to help others, which is fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Way to go, Amanda. Well, you'll have to reach back out to us and just yeah. give us a, an update on how things are still going. For yeah, sure. for sure. And those of you who have weight issues, check out Audrey Zona's yes. episode on the Grief and Rebirth podcast. Now we're going to come to Sonia. Oh, Sonia. <laughs> I have to be totally transparent to all of my friends listening and say to all of you that I've known Sonia for many years. Mm-hmm. I met Sonia at a seance with Suzanne Northrup. And Suzanne is also featured. She's an amazing, internationally famous medium who is also on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we were, Sonia had lost her husband and I had lost Saul. And I was just getting into this world and I had learned about Suzanne and I came to the seance. There were, I think, 10 or 12 of us in a room. And Suzanne Northrup looked behind Sonia and she said, I see a male energy. It feels like your husband. And why is he he's surrounded by five gerbils? Oh my and I mean, if anything <laughs> taught me that afternoon that this is true and we go on, it was this experience with Sonia because she, without a blink, said, oh, yes, my husband had five deceased gerbils who were his pets. So even gerbils. Go to the other side, everybody. And Sonia is so <laughs> colorful and wonderful. And I love, love, oh love my, my friendship with her. Well, Sonia, that's a whole other story. We'll have to go down and figure out this whole Suzanne Northrup moment with the gerbils. But not only that, though. That's but, very colorful. <laughs> but also, Nikki Bodine on the podcast is another medium. And she specializes in communicating with pets. So everyone, we have something for everyone here. Yeah, and we'll you put know. those in the show notes here. So if you go to IreneWeinberg.com, um, you'll be able to look under this and we'll mark all these specific episodes um, that kind of reflect in here that you can go back and listen to as well. So here comes our colorful, wonderful Sonia's oh, contribution Sonia. for today. <laughs> for years now, 
I realized that before somebody dies, I seem to get sympathy cards or cards for masses to be said for the soul of the departed individual. They come to me from religious organizations or missions who cater to the poor and needy without me asking for them. But they do arrive one week, two weeks, or just three days before that somebody crosses over. Could be former co-workers, friends, relatives, or just people like John McCain or Kofi Annan. Never fails. On one occasion, I got three cards together. Sure enough, three people left this world at the same time. Friends of mine in South America, as a matter of fact. I also dream about people. I know just before they leave this world. I will skip some, but the most recent happened on September 2nd or 3rd of this year. A very close cousin of mine lived in Mexico City for years and years. My cousin, Maria Luisa, was the daughter of my mother's oldest brother, who was very close to both my mother and father. She always said that she had so much in common with my mother that it seemed as if she was my mother's daughter. My mother always loved Maria Luisa. She is so elegant and ladylike, my mother always said. I have not seen Maria Luisa in many years, but heard she had health issues as of late. She was 83 years old. My sister was visiting her daughter in D.C. recently. I had intended to ask her about Maria Luisa, but forgot. I had somehow been thinking of Maria Luisa lately, but for no particular reason. Then I had this dream. I saw Maria Luisa talking to my mother while my father listened. They seemed to be at some kind of party, and my parents were welcoming Maria Luisa, who had just arrived. The place looked like some kind of a garden, with high walls covered in green vines. I could see other people in attendance. There was a man with a white tuxedo and horn-rimmed glasses holding a glass in his hand, but I did not recognize him. Everybody was dressed in white, and they all looked to be in their 30s or early 40s. Maria Luisa had some kind of high neck, long white gown, very elegant, and her hair was carefully coiffured. Coiffured? How do you pronounce that stuff? In I would just say her hair was done. Up, well done. done. Up. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasant gathering, and then I woke up. As soon as I woke up, I thought Maria Luisa had died or was going to die. I mean, my parents have been gone for years now, but Maria Luisa was talking to them as if they were here. However, I heard nothing from anybody, and I did not want to call my sister, as I figured she would be recovering from her recent trip. A few days later, I received an email from my sister-in-law in Colombia saying, Maria Luisa died last night in Mexico City. I knew then that Maria Luisa had come to say goodbye in my dream. My parents were on the other side to receive her and welcome her soul into that heavenly social gathering I saw. I dream all the time with my loved ones who have departed. Always wonderful dreams, very positive and uplifting. And when I wake up, I feel like new. Our loved ones are always anxious and willing to communicate with us. I would, by the way, I would say our loved ones are always eager and willing to communicate with us. <laughs> and the way they do it is through our dreams when our subconscious goes up one level and they in turn come down one level so we meet in our dreamlike state. 
Well, I have to say that comfort and solace from connecting with our deceased loved ones can be a simple dream away. And if that doesn't work for you, or you need more than a dream to connect, we have many wonderful and inspiring mediums on Grief and Rebirth podcast. But wow, Sonia, I wish I had that clear intuition that you have. That well, you see I was going to say, have you ever had anyone visit you in your dreams, Irene? I've had dreams, but not like that. Because I've heard of this yeah, I hear a, lot. About a lot. People get a lot of people in dreams. and I have a knowing. I get a feeling about something, and it usually comes true. And I also am able to communicate with soul and my spirit guides with a pendulum. Mm -hmm. So that's what I hear. My pendulum. dreams, my dreams are not as clear as Sonia's, but she obviously, and I, but my, I have pretty good intuition. Mm -hmm. So, and you can, most of us, I think all of us have to in, uh, have intuitive abilities. You just need to be more open to, to be more open recognize. to them. And sometimes you could, there are, I know a lot mm -hmm. of people like, for instance, Lee Van Ziel, who's another medium interviewed on our podcast actually has classes in teaching people to enhance their intuition mm -hmm. so and and all of that so you can learn to do that well there's been a couple moments like you know we irene you and i we joke a lot because you always say how you've just kind of thrown me down the rabbit hole of all this spiritual stuff because when we first met i was Stephanie was, was not into it. And I, now she gets this client who had a near-death experience and spiritual awakening and everything. I said, Stephanie, I'm going to throw you right into the deep end of the pool with all of this. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Because remember, I was like, are they watching me in the shower? Like, what is happening? And now I feel like I've really evolved a lot. And I don't want to say I'm like completely intuitive, but I'm just, I definitely try to pay more attention to little things that happen that um, might be from someone who has passed, like my dad, when he died a couple years ago, there's moments when, you know, I'm with Max and like, um, my dad used to be in a band. Max is her son. He's adorable, by the way. And, um, my dad was in a band and he would play, uh, Dire Straits. So anytime that song comes on the radio and I'm with Max, I feel like it's my dad. It probably is. With us. Um, and just really quick about the dreams. I've never dreamed of anyone, but I do remember this one time um, my grandma passed away a few years ago. And I, rem I remember this very vividly because I was like, oh my God, I must have known. I, the night before she passed away, I woke up like, like at three o'clock in the morning, like something was wrong. Like, I don't remember the dream. I don't remember anything. Like something just woke me up out of a dead sleep because I remember that happening. And then my aunt calling me the next day and saying grandma passed away. And I was like, oh my God. I wonder if that's why I was woke up in the middle of the night. She passed away at 3 p.m., at 3 a.m., rather. Right. She was she was greeting you, and I hear about that. I hear stories like that all the time. And, I mean, to this moment, I still remember that. And that was really before I was kind of deep into this, and I still remember that happening. And I was like, wow, that was that must have been because I knew and felt that she had left us. And it was um, her way of saying goodbye. Yeah. So I definitely... At the at this point in my life, believe in a lot of this stuff, and that you just need to be open and and understand that those are, that they communicate with you, but they choose different avenues, and you just need to be kind of well. They either it. choose different avenues, or we were able to receive them in different ways. So it depends on yeah. it. There, it, it, it's a number of different factors, but it's all out there for you, everyone. It's all there for you. All you have to do is want to seek, and 
first place you can go to seek is on Grief and Rebirth Podcast. That's a very great tool. You're right. <laughs> there's, there's a plug. So here is the third story. And speaking of the podcast, this absolutely fabulous human being was also on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you will hear, you can tune into her story. Her name is Corrine LaFont. And as a sidebar, I will say, Corrine, in addition to listening to her wonderful episode on the podcast, Corrine is working on two books that sound absolutely amazing, and I cannot wait to interview her when she comes out about them. And I believe they're going to be about love and relationships. So with that, uh, Corrine's contribution for today is called What is Love? Mm. And here we go. I grew up under a single parent mother one of two outside children for a married man my mother was involved with for 18 years. Wow. The term used back then was bastard children. How much more negative can it get? Holy moly. Right. Growing up on the islands may seem illustrious to those of you listening to this, and yes, the life there is a carefree one, but my story itself, while unique to me, will surely resonate with you or someone you know. I grew up sheltered, to say the least. Now that I look back, it is clear to me my mother had a lot of tears, and she still does. Oh, sorry, I must read that again. Now that I look back, it is clear to me that my mother had a lot of fears, and she still does. Yes, she is still alive at 79 and being her true self. My father passed away a few years ago. My life has been a good one, one that I am quite happy with, And to be honest, I have no regrets, for I believe everything happens for a reason, and the choices we make at the time are based on what is before us in terms of information and circumstances, and most of all, our programming, or what we as sociologists term socialization. I turned a young 50 in August. I pray to reach that milestone, and I am elated to be above ground and healthy, It says to me that my purpose on this earth isn't over yet. I agree with that, Kareem. We have to keep you around for a long time. You're really fabulous. Between the ages of 48 to 50, life threw me so many lessons. I have grown in my mind exponentially within these two years, more than any other time in my life. After being in a relationship for 27 years, having two wonderful boys, ages 24 and 16, living in Jamaica for 21 of those years, traveling, working, having an online business, becoming an author and a speaker and a podcaster. I have realized that I didn't love myself. Imagine that. Why would I say that? Here's why. I stayed in a toxic and abusive relationship for 27 years. Hmm. Yes. At the time, I didn't know. Like I shared with a friend recently, it's like that story of the frog and the hot water. The heat is turned up slowly, and it doesn't realize, that frog does not realize that it is slowly dying, and it gets comfortable with the heat. So why would I not recognize that I was in a toxic relationship and get out? I was lacking self-love and was programmed, socialized, trained to be a pleaser, a giver, to keep pouring into others while not pouring into myself. Mm -hmm. I became self-sacrificial, for I believed that by doing so, I would be loved and appreciated, 
But the more I did, it didn't make a difference. It took me a while, a long while to realize this, though there were signs along the way, and my intuition was telling me so, but the programming told me otherwise, and I made excuses. Excuses for the behavior that was meted out to me and my children, and blame and guilt to myself for even thinking such thoughts. Boy, do we all know how to beat ourselves up. Yeah, we do. There comes a point when you wake up. That point came to me in 2015 when a change had to happen or I would have boiled to death. I got a flash of my life in the future and I didn't like what I had seen. And it was now or never. I couldn't do this alone. Whether you are a believer in God doesn't matter to me. That's your own choice and decision. I can only tell you that it was only through God that I am here sharing my story with you. It's been four years to date since God helped me to escape my toxic relationship and know it wasn't easy as in any type of escape. There were sacrifices along the way, one of which were my children. But again, I reiterate that my faith in God and my belief that everything happens for a reason, plus the choices you make, as I said before, I trust that all is well and all shall be well. When I exited my relationship and left Jamaica to return to my country of birth in 2015, I had no idea how I would survive or what I would do. I just knew I wasn't giving up. It's not part of my DNA to give up anyway, so that was covered. Additionally, I knew what was against me, so I needed backup, and I found that support in God, so that was also covered. I am thankful I had a home to return to, so shelter and food was covered, and I still had my online business, which I needed to push more to not be as dependent, so that too was covered. The thing is, if you have listened to this so far, you would have realized that you come to a point where you have to totally focus on what you have rather than what you don't have and start to put it to work for you. I still have that approach. It's been four years since. What have I learned? Here are just a few. That in spending more time in silence and meditation, I learn about a lot about who I am and what I truly desire. That because of my upbringing and programming as a child, or even epigenetically, I attracted toxicity to my life. This may sound like blame towards my mother, but I have come to forgive her, for she didn't and still doesn't know better, but I do. And the onus is on me to break the cycle and start anew, as well as share my story as I am doing now to help others. I continue daily working on myself, setting boundaries, practicing self-care and self-love, and no longer make excuses when my intuition, which is my internal GPS, guides me to greater joy and happiness. I have also learned to forgive myself, and most importantly, to live. I now only do the things that bring me joy and happiness. This extends to people too. If someone doesn't add value to my life or bring me joy and happiness, I do not hesitate to block and delete them from my phone and life. Rejection is one of life's most painful feelings, but I will tell you this. It is linked back to your childhood, which can lead you to accepting, giving permission to, and tolerating negative circumstances and people who mistreat you. 
I now celebrate when people fall out of my life as it tells me I am worthy of better and space is being created for the right people to come into my life. Yay! (laughs) So what is love? Love starts and ends with you. You are love. God is love. While toxicity does try to creep in, I now quickly recognize it for what it is and wish it well on its way out of my life. (laughs) Wowee, wowee. You know? Strong story. You know, when they pulled me out of my car and I got that message, that voice came into my head. Those of you who know my story and I wrote about it in my book, They Serve Bagels in Heaven. When they pulled me out of that car, the voice that came out of it came into my head. And I mean, boomeranged and boomed into my head, said, be loving and kind to everyone. And over time, through my process, just like with Kareen, I realized that also means be loving and kind to myself. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because the idea of loving others is easy, but for many of us, being loving to ourselves is so much tougher. Mm-hmm. So Corrine states this elegantly. I mean, I think it's true because I think a lot of us struggle with that. And I think it's, you know, just the judgment even overall of society that puts this guilt on us that we shouldn't take that time. You know what I mean? Um even if it's just because you have to work all day and you don't have time to go to yoga or just meditate or, you know, people barely even take lunch breaks now. I mean, so it's hard to find that time because then you got to go home. You got to be a mom. You got to be a wife. You don't have time to dedicate to yourself. And it's clearly, you know, disrupting all of us. But we feel that challenge to be loving and kind. That's right. That You know, um, I want to say that we're also good to other people in our lives. Aren't we as precious, as important as any of them? I think it goes back to that story that, or, you know, just that comment or reflection that people always say, like on an airplane, when the airplane's going down, you got to put the mask on yourself so that you can help others. You can't help others before you help yourself first. And I feel like that's always kind of stuck with me is, you know, some people may judge or think like, oh, you should be doing this instead of this. But if I can't, make myself feel better be my best self for my children or my friends or my work and i think corinne puts this beautifully she did something that's terrifying for many of us she walked away because she knew it wasn't what was in her best interest and i think a lot of us are very scared of that but she's shown us and inspired us to see that life goes on and it's okay and she's much happier we're afraid of that hump but so many people have taken that leap and she did and it, it shows right here. And so now for another plug, if any of you want to take the leap, but you don't know what to do or don't feel you have the courage to do it, listen to Lorna Smith on uh, the podcast. Yes, She wonderful. has an amazing story about how she took the leap and what she did. You can listen to Corrine's podcast and there are quite a few others of people who have made tremendously courageous leaps and it worked out for them after they learned through their travails. And there are also people on the podcast who are counselors who could help you um, work that through also. Well, it's like you were even just saying earlier, it's your swamp. You've got to get out of your swamp. And there's a lot of people out there that are willing to help you, even if it's just like Corinne said, your friends and your family and to cut out those people who aren't there to help you. And to just know who you're, how you, how do you call it? Your wagon train? I mean, yeah, I, I always like it when I lost my husband and I went through all that I went through. 
I, I had like a little wagon train around me and there were different people who had different roles. I mean, even including my mom, who was also a widow, but I had a counselor, I, a life transition coach. I had a spiritual person who's also on the podcast, Setha Shahinian, mm-hmm. uh, who helped me. Setha's amazing. Setha is amazing. And I, I also had, I needed an attorney. I needed a few people. And, and then I had a very dear friend who witnessed me and validated me and helped me. And I called that, these five or six people were my wagon train. And the people in my wagon train have changed through the years as I go through different things. But a lot of people feel that they need to be independent and do everything on their own, which is not true. You're not an island. You really need support, especially when you're going through something that requires a lot of courage. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have all kinds of emotions about that and all. Get professional support if you need it. Get your friends to help you. Mm -hmm. Get, Get whatever you need to have around you. And love yourself to get that help. Mm hmm Right. And I think you, you're right. Like, I mean, there's just so much out there to help you. And the stigma of, you know, therapy or counselors or using mediums and spirituality is it's diminishing. And so you shouldn't be afraid to admit that maybe you do. I, not to say that you need help, but to reach out like you shouldn't do it alone. I learned that, too. Like, it's hard sometimes being a single mom and my I don't have any family here in New York City. But, you know, like, Irene, like, you're part of my wagon train. You know what I mean? I know I can always depend on you for yeah, certain I'm things. And, and, yes. vice versa. and so I think you need to, like you said, really, you know, define who that is for you and not be afraid to reach out. And in defining, make sure they have positive influences in your life. If they're like Kareen said, if they're negative, toxic people, you don't have to get crazy with them. Just detach mm-hmm. with love and say, maybe I've outgrown this relationship or maybe this person is bringing me down. Maybe mm-hmm. this person isn't right for me at this time of my life. You can do that out of loving yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I feel very loving right now. True. Just talking about it. True. And listen, everyone, <laughs> we are looking. This is our last episode in this segment and wow oh wow do we have season seven is coming and amazing amazing people more amazing people are going to be on the podcast Mm -hmm. and we are so enjoying reaching out i can't believe it's already going to be season seven like it's just been flying but there's so many amazing people out there to talk to and every year or every season it just gets better and better it's better and better and i can't wait to share all these amazing wonderful people with you coming into some they're your they're your resource you're feeling down. You want to know if mediums are real or which mediums are real. You want to find out how I get through uh, whatever trauma you're going through. Read for me, birth podcast. There was, there should be someone on that podcast who can help you. And, you know, if there isn't, reach out to us. Let us know how we can help. What kind of um, experts do you want to hear from? Because we, we actually have a couple people coming up this season based on previous listeners recommendations and what they wanted us to kind of branch into so you know we're here to make this a community and um you know your thoughts they count and they, they matter. we're growing with you mm-hmm. so, so uh, as you famously love to say irene to be continued with much love yes. bye for now goodbye goodbye